1: with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to anfieldindexpro.com and get started today.
0: Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday where David Ornstein has dropped... Another bombshell followed up by Paul Joyce and Mel Reddy and all the others coming in line after them. And then eventually Fabrizio Romano decided to tweet like he knew what was going on. Liverpool are pushing ahead with a deal for Dominic Zaboslai. They're going to trigger the £60 million buyout clause. It's just a matter of figuring out the payment structure It may well be that we've got third-party financing lined up where that financier will pay the fee and we'll pay them back plus some interest. That is standard of what happens in most buyout situations. If you want to know more about it, Mo Chatra has a brilliant thread up on his Twitter account. Go and check that out. But folks, it looks like Dom will be a red. It looks like he will be the second signing of the summer, after Alexis McAllister. People have been wondering, what are we doing? Why wasn't the Turam deal happening? Why weren't we pushing ahead for this player and that player? Because we've been looking at this deal. The Turam deal almost certainly gets done as well after the Euros. This is the deal for now. If we add Alexis, Dom and Kevin Turam, that is an incredible window. If we get the three of them for in and around $135 that is absolutely brilliant work by Liverpool. And leaves money then to get the centre-back we need and potentially one more in midfield. Because I wouldn't rule out the possibility of Romeo Lavia. Now, the word is that the centre-back we want is Levi Colwell. And I think... For a lot of people, like me, he would be the number one choice for that left-side centre-back who can also play left-back when we play a back four. He is the best young centre-back England has produced probably since Saul Campbell. I would say since Saul Campbell. That's his potential. He also potentially is your Virgil successor moving into the middle to play next to Ebu for the long term. So that's a tougher deal to pull off. But if we're looking at that deal, you'd have to imagine Chelsea are open to that deal. The price is probably what might hang it up. But they've just sold a player to Arsenal and they've just sold a player to United. So very clearly... They don't care where they sell players. And people will say, well, why would they sell Colwell? Number one, he might not want to be there. He's not going to be first choice next season. He doesn't want to take a backward step in his career. He's spoken in the past about his adoration of Steven Gerrard and growing up watching Liverpool. So I don't know who he actually supports. I don't believe it's Chelsea. I know he's been in their academy for a long time, but he's not a local Chelsea boy. I think he's from Portsmouth, isn't he? Or Southampton? He's from one of them. He's from the South Coast. Uh, He's from Southampton. So I don't believe he's got those type of, you know, deep-rooted ties to Chelsea. So he might well push for that move. So that might be one to keep an eye on later in the window. But there will be a centre-back coming in, a left-footed centre-back. If it's not him it could be Inasio, it could be somebody else. He would make all of the sense, especially considering he's also going to develop into a homegrown player. Um, But in the midfield, if we're adding Alexis, Dom and Catherine, I mean, Alexis and Dom in the 8-10 roles, that's about as good as you can do. It really is about as good as you can do for $95 Arsenal just spent... 105 million on Declan Rice. Alexis is a better player than Declan Rice. And Dominic is a better player than either. This kid is genuinely special. 23 years of age. Not till October, by the way. 23 years of age in October. So you're talking him at 23. Trent turns 25 this year. Alexis turns 25 this year. And Kefren Turam just turned 22. Curtis is 22. Besetic is 19. If we added Lavia, he's also 19. Like, that would be your midfield pretty much set for the long term. You wouldn't need to do a whole lot else. But Dom will turn 23 this year. And just to give you a rundown of the productivity you can expect from this guy... In the 17-18 season, which is five years ago, he played for Leifering, who are basically a feeder club for Red Bull Salzburg, on loan in the second division in Austria. Now, I know the standard is low, but just bear with me on this one. He played 2,740 minutes. He got 10 goals and 7 assists. In the UEFA Youth League, which will tell you how young he was, one goal and six assists in 534 minutes. Incredible productivity. In 1819, he established himself more with Salzburg. Spent part of the year on loan with lifering but went back to Salzburg at Christmas and really started to make a name for himself. That year, across all competitions, he played 1,689 minutes. <clears throat> he got 11 goals and 10 assists. Between the Bundesliga in Austria, the Second Bundesliga, the Austrian Cup, and the Europa League. In 1920, he played 2,674 minutes between the Bundesliga in Austria, the Austrian Cup, the Champions League, and the Europa League. 12 goals and 18 assists. In twenty one twenty two he plays sixteen hundred and fifty eight minutes, nine goals, ten assists. He missed half that year with an abductor injury. It's the only real injury he's ever had. Twenty one twenty two then he's now moved to Leipzig between the Bundesliga in Germany, the Europa League, the Champions League, and the German Cup. He plays 2,123 minutes. He stepped up massively in competition. So you might think, oh, he won't be as productive there. 10 goals and 9 assists. And then this past season, playing in the Bundesliga, the Champions League, the German Cup and the German Super Cup, 3,708 minutes. So a significant tick up in his minutes played. 10 goals and 13 assists. Across his career, he has been incredibly productive. At senior level, just senior level, he has played 216 games. He has 62 goals and 67 assists. He has played central midfield, right midfield, attacking midfield, left midfield, left wing, right wing, and he's even had a game at centre forward. He's a productivity machine. His ceiling is KDB. If he stays fit, continues to develop the way he has, his ceiling is KDB, potentially higher. His floor is James Madison. The worst he will be is James Madison. And James Madison is double figures, goals and assists in the Premier League the last two years. That wouldn't be bad at all. But you compare him to KDB, there's no question Dominic is considerably ahead at the same age. KDB had just finished his loan at Werder Bremen at the age Dominic is now. He had a really good season, but not nearly the season Dominic's just had for Leipzig. They're a similar height. They're a similar build. They've got very similar skill sets. I think from a technical level, they're about the same. Their strengths, passing, shooting, crossing, ball carrying, all mirror each other. They're all, they're phenomenal in every area. Dominic's set pieces are among the very, very elite in Europe, like above Trent level. Especially when it comes to shooting from free kicks, genuinely for 60 million I don't know that you'd do a better deal when you see United are paying 60 million for Mason Mount who's older not nearly as talented very good player very good player but he's not like this guy there's never been any questions about Dominic's work ethic never been any questions I'm not comparing this to Mount I'm just saying in general Never been any questions about his personality, his desire, his ambition. This guy wants to be the best player in the world. That's what he wants to be. And you can see from watching him play for his national team how mature he is and that he is the type that can put a team on his back and carry them. 32 caps. Seven goals, two assists. Single-handedly carried them to the last Euros. Missed the Euros then because of injury. But this guy is unbelievably good. I genuinely can't think of many better players we could be signing this summer. He fits so well into this group of players. If you're getting, if we're getting him, him and Alexis are the two closest things going to KDB and Gundogan, who we've all looked at and thought, God, wouldn't we love to have that midfield? <laughs> when we've been watching, you know, our midfield at times, haven't we looked at cities and thought, can we not have that instead? Could, could we not have that? Now we're going to have that. And you're adding Kefran Turam? Like basically a 22-year-old possible Yaya Ture clone? Lads, ladies, this is... I li- literally, <laughs> I literally spent 35 minutes pacing over and back across my living room today without realizing what I was doing, without realizing how long I'd been doing it after I saw Ornstein's first tweet. Literally refreshing Twitter, hoping that somebody would give more news. And then Joyce had a le- little bit extra. So you refresh a bit more. And then Melready had a little bit more. So you keep refreshing. It looks like this deal is going to get done today. If they're reporting on it, it's pretty much done. I would say we're probably... At that stage where Arsenal are sort of at with the West Ham and Rice thing, where they're just agreeing the last details. But it looks like personal terms were agreed earlier this week. His agents came to Liverpool. That is confirmed. I reckon they agreed a contract then and there. And that sparked us to move. Newcastle aren't in the race. I said before I didn't think they would be because they spent their money on Sandro Tonali. There's no dumb money left. It's why they backed out of any deal from Madison. They can't afford another big midfielder because they've got other stuff they need to do. Now, they might later in the window find some money down the back of the couch. They might sell a few players, which will help. But, and I believe actually as of tomorrow, they've got money coming in for Chris Wood. No, is it tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. The Chris Wood deal to Forrest becomes permanent tomorrow, July 1st. So they'll get, I think it's 15 million there. So they'll be able to throw that into something. But I don't think Dominic wanted to go to Newcastle. I think he was just being polite. I think he wanted to join us. I think he's wanted to join us all along. I've mentioned it before. I think I mentioned it yesterday. You'll find it somewhere on YouTube, I'm sure. Haaland and Zboslai reacting to Salzburg getting drawn against Liverpool in the Champions League. And it, the joy from both of them. But Dominic, it was like a hushed awe when he spoke about it, about playing at Anfield. Like it was something that really mattered to him, something he dreamt of. Haaland, of course, was a lot more familiar with all the English stadiums, having been born in England and lived here for a few years as a kid, listened to his dad's stories, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's always had more of a connection to... The, the Premier League and, and especially England because he was born in Leeds or wherever it was. um, Yeah. There's the Bosley and McAllister as our eights. Now, Curtis Jones played really well at the end of last season. So, this is not to knock him, but this is a ridiculous upgrade in those two positions. Um, and then we've got <coughs> Curtis and Kefren as the rotation options here. Now, it would likely mean Fabinho starting as the six, which is probably going to be the case regardless, but hopefully we will add somebody else as a defensive midfielder, even if it's January or next summer. <clears throat> we can wait. If we get these three deals done for the midfield now and, and get a centre-back in, even if it's not Levi Colwell, as long as it's someone who's good with the potential to be very good or great, we're happy out. We're happy out. This is turning into a a really good window if we get Dominic and Cafern done and hopefully we'll put some of the internet crazies just back in their box a little bit. Uh I haven't gone to check on them today to you know to give them food and blankets and stuff. Um but you know, I'll, I'll check in on them later in the day and make sure they have all that they need to carry on fighting the good fight. I'm, I'm not saying that they aren't right about certain things, but they were wrong to melt down in June. In fucking June, they were wrong to melt down. They were wrong to be banging the drums they were rock banging in June. Especially when we'd already signed a really good player. Alexis McAllister is really, really good. He's better than Mason Mount, he's better than Kai Havertz. For me, I'd rather have him than Declan Rice, especially when Declan Rice cost three times as much. Like the only the only team that had made a signing that I looked at and thought, well that's better than anything we've done so far is Chelsea getting in Kunku. But they signed him in like December or something. It was just a waiting game to get him over. And with a bit of luck, hopefully, us signing Dominic means Leipzig just dig their heels in over Gvardiol and tell City that's yeah, a hundred and fifty million or, or off you go. That'd be great. Um, I was obviously going to do the Benitez uh, era of transfers today, but this this is far more exciting. This takes this takes precedence. So um I'll also advise that I'm not going to go over this is Anfield or Liverpool.com, but I'm sure there's plenty of good stuff on 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 This is Anfield anyway. Liverpool.com will be a, a mixed bag as it always is. Um on Anfieldindex.com, dot com decoding Liverpool midfield dynamics in the pre- excuse me in the Premier League. Uh check that one out. Financial doping, arsenal, Arsenal's wasteful splurge and God's oil. So that is Tony Evans' most recent piece, and um, I think he's he's thinking the same. I haven't read it yet. I think he's thinking the same as me. A hundred and seventy million on Declan Rice and Kai Havertz, and we're potentially going to get Turam. Zabozlai and Alexis McAllister for 135. You know, if we maybe went back in for Manu Kone, if his knee's okay or brought in a Florentine Luis, that would probably cost the same as Arsenal's midfield and be significantly better. Uh, Salah aside, other forwards need to step up. Liverpool's ownership dilemma adapt or risk decline. And then there is a piece about Romeo Lavia. Romeo Lavia will be a, sh- a superb signing for the short and long term. This piece was written by my good friend and comrade, uh, the machine, Stephen Smith. So do check that one out. It's obviously very, very good, as all the Stephen stuff is. Podcast-wise, there are three new ones, or two are out, one to come. Uh, the transfer show, Pricey Ricey. I like that. I like that. That's Trev and Dave Davis. There's a Media Matters with Dave and David Lynch. We recorded a scouted yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It could have been the day before. All the days are molding into one. It was basically our top, well, it was meant to be top 10. We picked 11 each in each year. Uh, Top 10 or 11, 2001-born players, 2002-born players, and 2003-born players. So... Um, And seven Carroll did that. It was fun. Thank you to Marco Lopez for the idea on that one. And that's it, folks. That's all I've got for today. Hopefully on Monday, we are talking about an announcement having been made that we've signed Dominic, him in a red shirt. It'll all be beautiful. It would make the weekend, wouldn't it? It would make the weekend. It would be fantastic. And uh, I don't normally do this. But I want to just say something from a personal point of view here. Not really a personal point of view, I suppose. My hometown is Navan in County Meath, in Ireland. That's where I'm from. It's where I grew up. It's what I. It's what I am of. I am of Navan. It's the same town Trev Downey is from. It's a town. The population of I don't know somewhere around the twenty thousand mark. It's much bigger now than in terms of population than it was. When I was a kid, it's grown with the influx of, you know, foreign people moving in, Dublin people moving down, whatever the the, the reason might be. It's always been a little bit of a backward town. When I was in my early 20s, if you had long hair, if you were a fellow with long hair, you would get abuse just from random scumbags. There was always a slight hint of racism towards people of different skin colours when I was a kid in the 80s. But that wasn't just Navin. That was kind of Ireland in general because it was new and it was scary and yada, yada, yada. But this weekend, Navin is hosting its very first Pride Parade. And I'm genuinely so proud of the people of the town... Those who organized it, those who approved it, those who are embracing it. Hopefully, there'll be a huge turnout, huge show show of support because it's 2023 and it's time the world learned to be properly inclusive. And if fucking Navin can do it, the rest of the world can do it too. That's it. That's all for me, folks. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.